We know you are waiting with bated breath for the final portion of this series on getting your shit together for your marketing planning for 2024. We've covered a lot. We went over the analysis. We went over defining the audience, setting your goals, your budget, your timeline, all the stuff. Um, and now it's time to talk about how to execute and make sure that all that work is not for naught, that it's going to go to something positive and it's going to have a positive impact on your business in 2024. Welcome to Trade Secrets, where we demystify digital marketing to help contractors get the most bang for their marketing bucks. This is for you if you're a contractor looking for actionable marketing insights. Learn from home services industry experts to elevate your business through simplified marketing strategies. Let's dive into today's trade secret. Um, so I guess this is where you can start to really like look at the tactics of how the plan will be executed. Um, and for example, you know, maybe you have like a, a publishing calendar every month and you know that you're going to post to Facebook and maybe LinkedIn or whatever it is twice a week. And this is where you can kind of start to plan that out. You know, you're going to send a newsletter once a month. Um, you know, this is where you really start to plot out the tactics of how you're going to execute your plan and kind of assign the who, what, when, where, and, and, and your, and your planning should have given you the why. Um, but, but, um, yeah, I think a marketing calendar is like one of the kind of cleanest ways I've seen it. Like you can document on there when you're going to do like award submissions for, you know, those like top electrical contractors, like they have like the three best or the top rated or, roofing world, they have contractor, you know, the roofing contractor of the year, they have asphalt roofing contractor of the year. Um, I know there's like home builder of the year, there's all kinds of awards. So having a calendar where you like, where you know, you're going to submit for those awards, or if there's trade shows or home shows that you go to every year, plotting that out, having it all on a calendar is kind of nice because you're like, what's coming up ahead? Oh, I better start to order signs and swag and prep for the home show. Um, or if you, you know, you invest in the community and you do, um, I've seen contractors where they, um, they like adopt a teacher's Amazon wish list. So if that's coming up in August, you know, back to school, whatever marketing you need to do around that. So I think a clean way is just, is having that calendar and literally like having the tactics and due dates and stuff like that just mapped out for the year, um, is so helpful. And well, and I think it's just really good too, because it, it lets your entire team, whoever is involved in that marketing calendar can all share that same document. And it's, it's a quick, easy way to figure out, you know, to assign things out and make sure stuff's getting done. So hopefully you as the, the business owner aren't the only one that's managing said calendar, that there's, uh, there's plenty of other people that are helping execute on it, whether you do have an agency or you've got somebody in-house that's helping you. Having that, that clear kind of roadmap of what's to come is great. And then that way, if maybe you're in slow season and somebody on your team is really helping you with social, they can they can start to plan ahead. Sure, they're not going to be able to plan every post because plenty of them need to be timely and whatnot, but they can get ahead on a lot of that stuff. They can get ahead on some newsletter planning and things so that when business picks up, the, that calendar that you guys are setting such great goals for right now doesn't fall off on the other side because something something else took priority over it or because nobody realized who was supposed to be doing it and then come this time next year when you're analyzing it, you're realizing that some of those well-laid plans uh, went to waste because they, they weren't clearly defined. Yeah, and this will give you a really, I think laying it out in the calendar format gives you a really 
a, a great view as to how many of these marketing activities are passive and how many of them are really lead gen driven and more active. Um, it'll, I think it kind of sets the expectation, you know, if you're, if you know that, um, I don't know, sending a newsletter, for example, right, that's like a top of mind awareness play. How many of these tactics are top of mind awareness versus like really a direct sales, like direct lead gen sort of marketing activity? You want to make sure you have a healthy mix of both and maybe you lay it out and you're like, these, I mean, I know all of these work and they all play together and they combine to, you know, have a really great marketing plan and strategy, but maybe too much of it is passive for what your business needs are. And you need to throw something in there that is, you know, a little bit more aggressive, like a home show where you're, you're, that's a lead gen based activity right there. Yes. Top of mind awareness, but everything else you do are going to help people trust you at that home show to then give you, you know, their contact info and move forward. So anyway, it gives you a, a good idea of What's kind of a passive marketing activity and and what's really a lead gen activity? Do you have a good mix of both? Um, yeah, and then with within this, with that, uh, like how do you know do you have a good plan? Well, what KPIs do you have in place? Every marketing activity should have, you know, those key performance indicators in place or else you're, you're back to that place where you're kind of just throwing something on the wall to see what sticks. Absolutely. So looking at, you know, to that same point where if you're kind of looking at everything on your calendar and you can say like, I know that's a little bit passive. It's an email. I want to stay top of mind. You know, what am I hoping to gain out of that? Are we hoping, you know, what's our, our goal open rate? What's our goal click through rate? What, what would we consider successful so that we, we can feel like we need to continue completing that activity? Um, you know, and some of it, my, the metrics might, you might need to kind of see how stuff performs and then kind of um, go from there. You know, you kind of want to think about what kind of engagement rates you're hoping to get on some of those social posts. And, you know, if you're running ads, that's, like you said, much more direct. You're really trying to, to drive direct leads from that. So what, what you know, if you're spending 10 grand a month on Google ads during your busier season, what does that need to equate to that it's going to make sense for your bottom line? What 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 does success look like? So maybe you're not looking at it later and being like, ah, I just don't know if this is working. But if you've already backed into it, knowing I need two of those leads each month to close to just break even, then at least you can you can look at it um, with you know some some good metrics rather than just going in and making a knee jerk decision and turning off your display ads one day and then turning them on the next day or, you know, what, whatever it may be. <laughs> yeah. And I would say like, to your point, like this is where you, this is where I, I think a market, a marketer's expertise really comes in because they can make connections to the data that maybe you're, you know, you as a business, you're not making because your, your job is, you know, you're a contractor, you're, you're working on remodeling a kitchen, you're working on installing a pool or landscaping, whatever it might be. So the, the connections to the data that we see as marketers um, can tell you whether something is successful or not. Like, for example, if you put up a billboard, you know, you might think, oh, I didn't get any phone calls. Or if, if you were smart and you're like, I have I have a QR code on there that goes to a landing page that's designated. They can only get there through the billboard, but I'm not getting nobody's like clicking on it. 
you can set, there's all kinds of things a smart marketer could tell you to do. You could do some geofencing with some targeted ads within the area, but something else to look at is also like your click-through rate on your Google business profile. Cause now they're looking at your brand, you're getting Googled. So people are clicking through to your ad. So now your, your CTR is going up and that's a metric that is tracked. So there, a, a, a smart marketer is going to help you make connections with the data. Um, and you know, the, of, of each kind of piece, each of the tactics in your marketing plan and tell you kind of, you can learn from it. So don't say, I want 56 leads. I keep saying 56. I want 70 leads a week and I am only getting 20. Um, you know, a smart marketer is going to say, let's, let's look at this. Let's look at where they're coming from. And they're going to be able to help you talk through those KPIs. So not having a knee jerk reaction to what initially might not look good, especially like we, we've, We've uncovered some money keywords, but they have such a low search volume that, you know, it's really hard. If you're looking at just the graph, you'd be like, we're not making any movement. Well, if you get one lead from this specific keyword in an entire year and it covers the cost of your SEO contract is, you know, that's successful right there. So don't, so just make sure you're you're really really talking through the data that you're seeing um and understanding it before just deciding something isn't working um ooh contingency plan you you lay this whole calendar out this is what you're planning for you know this you you have x or y expectation and then a wrench gets thrown in your plan maybe you know, if you are a home exterior company, maybe you, the last three summers you've had big storm events and you just, you know that a good, you, you kind of wait for that that big storm to hit at the beginning of the, the this busy season and it carries you through. It, it is a good idea to have a contingency plan in place. Like, what are you going to do if that storm doesn't hit? Or maybe it hits super late in the year and you've got to get your, your crews out there working. You know, what what else can you turn up in your marketing plan that can really help you continue to to drive those really critical leads. Yeah, you're probably gonna, you're gonna be paying for them at a higher dollar amount than you're probably comfortable, but you know, being prepared to to pivot so that you're not just stuck with no idea what to do and a team of people looking at you needing work, <laughs> um, having that plan in place ahead of time and being being prepared to, you know, swallow that jagged pill that might be mean you have to open up the purse strings and spend a little bit more on marketing than maybe you were you were hoping to have to do. Exactly. So yeah, good contingency plan is just looking at potential risks, potential threats that the that the year might hold and having a plan should those should those things happen, you know. Maybe it's maybe you don't have a storm year so you're like, "Okay, we're going to we're going to tighten up and we're not going to spend um in whatever area it might be. Maybe we won't do that billboard. Maybe we won't go to this trade, this industry trade show will save those, you know, that four grand on doing something else. Um, or, you know, maybe you need to put it toward filling the pipeline and you can't send people on that continuing education and you're going to have to find a, a free webinar or, you know, a $200 webinar versus going to the full on trade show. Um, just things like that. So that's, I think that's part of any smart marketing plan um, or any strategic plan, really having just just a contingency plan in place. Um, what's the economy expected to do? Um, I know interest rates right now, they're still up. So like nobody's doing a refinance. So no one's taking that cash out to do those home remodels. So what's that going to look like next year? I don't know. But that's, you know, just things to assess when you're when you're creating kind of this contingency plan, I think will kind of 
better prepare you for what for what's to come in the year and you'll and you'll feel more comfortable too you won't feel like you're putting all your eggs in this one basket yeah and I really like that point too that you know you could maybe just have a few expenses earmarked throughout the year that are nice to have that you definitely you're hoping to invest in as a as a company but you know that those those are expenses that could be cut out if suddenly you you had to fill your pipeline so even just having that comfort level so then you're not making a knee-jerk reaction and cutting budget someplace that you might decide later wasn't a good idea. Just kind of having the kind of idea in place um, for for where, where you can kind of skinny things up. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I think with that, the, uh, the last piece of this three-part series is, as with anything, um, this marketing plan is not set in stone. You know, every maybe three months, every two, three months, um, stop and you know, review and then refine as necessary. It doesn't, it doesn't have to, you know, it's not inflexible as a plan. So. Well, and then that, you know, ideally in the, um, the first part of this series, as you know, we were talking about really just kind of analyzing where you are, your best channels, where your quality leads are coming from, all that kind of stuff. If you can continue to kind of continue that practice, like you said, every two to three months moving forward, you're, you don't have to wait till this time next year to do it. If you've, you've been doing it throughout the year, it'll help you make those smart decisions. And, you know, it'll it'll just in, ensure that where you are investing is making sense for your business. And, you know, also it points to the to what we were saying earlier too about tracking, like get that tracking in place, have it there so that you, so that you're continuing to kind of watch your progress throughout the year. And then you're not surprised this time next year. Um, you know, hopefully you find out and maybe right now you analyze it and your strong, your strongest acquisition channel is organic. And then you put all this marketing in place and you do a bunch of stuff and suddenly it's Google local service ads or whatever it may be. As long as you're continuing to stay on top of it and refining throughout the year, this marketing plan is going to continue to work for you and, um, you know, ultimately help you reach those marketing goals that you've set. Very well said. I completely agree. Um, sweet. So yeah, I think that's it. If you have any questions, um, or topic ideas for us, like did, did we, did something like kind of spark a thought that you're like, you know, I, I would love if they would dive in a little bit deeper on something. Uh, yeah. Find us online and message us and we would, uh, we'd love to hear from you. That was today's trade secret. Thanks for listening. Did you find this helpful? We're just getting started. Subscribe and don't miss our next reveal. Until next time.